Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. In Ezekiel 38, we read of a latter-day coalition of nations on the march to destroy tiny Israel. Despite having an overwhelming superiority of force, this attack is terminated by the hand of God. Today, an amazing story of how Bible prophecy will come to pass. From the Moody Church in Chicago, this is Running to Win with Dr. Erwin Lutzer, whose clear teaching helps us make it across the finish line. Today, Erwin Lutzer continues a series on The King is Coming. Now, message number six on that time when the king destroys nations. It is truly amazing, isn't it, that a little sliver of land like Israel, depending on where you put the borders, perhaps a hundred miles long, and uh, depending on where you measure it, 30 to 50 miles wide, would command the attention of the world. And when God begins to wrap up history, everything has to do with Israel. Everything has to do with the city of Jerusalem, that small little postage stamp of a country. What is amazing, perhaps, is that the United States is not mentioned in prophecy. There's no evidence that the United States is directly involved. At least the Bible doesn't predict it. There may be some reasons for that. First of all, if you have a pre-tribulational rapture, if two or three million or however million true believers there are in the United States all go up in a rapture, that would certainly destabilize the United States. People would have all kinds of explanations as to what happened to these people. Most people would be glad we're gone, but at the same time, it could cause a lot of disruption. There's another reason, and that is the need for oil. After all, the United States desperately needs foreign oil, and uh, it could be that as the years progress, the United States begins to ally itself more specifically with the Arab states than it does with Israel. Even in recent years, it's evident that our support of Israel seems to be in decline. Another reason might be terrorism. You could imagine a terrorist attack and how it would take out so much of our infrastructure. One of our leaders has said that the greatest threat the United States has is not terrorism, but rather it is the collapse of the economy, a total financial meltdown, what, of course, could be caused by severe terrorist attacks. At any rate, I'm going to be discussing today a huge battle that is going to take place in the Middle East, a coalition of nations that are going to march against Israel, and there's no evidence that the United States is involved or trying to help Israel repel the attack. The attack will be repelled in a way that is going to give you goosebumps, but the United States will not be a part of that. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Ezekiel, and we're going to begin in chapter 37, just to give you a bit of context. And after we're in chapter 37, we're going to spend our time in chapter 38. If you have a Bible that is there in the seat in front of you, it would be page 725. 725. Always important that you follow along in the Word. You should bring your Bibles to church every Sunday. 
Notice that the scripture says in 37 verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. And he led me around among them and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord, you know. Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you. So these are Ezekiel's dry bones. And as he prophesies over the bones, the sinews begin to come together and the bones begin to connect. I must hurry because we have much territory to cover in this message But you'll notice that um, eventually he begins to prophesy, and not only does the body come together, but something else happens, and that is that it actually has life, and the bones live. Fortunately, it's not up to us to try to figure out the mystery of what Ezekiel saw. It's right here in the Scripture. The Lord says in verse 11, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are clean cut off. Isn't that a picture of the Jewish nation throughout the centuries? Therefore prophesy and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I will open your graves and raise you from your graves. O my people, I will bring you into the land of Israel. You shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and I raise you from my graves. And verse 14, I will put my spirit within you and you shall live and I will place you in your own land And you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it, declares the Lord. The bones are the house of Israel. Many people think that when Israel became a nation in 1948, at that period of time, that's when the bones started to come together. But they're dry bones. Israel today does not recognize Jesus to be the Messiah, for one thing. For another thing, uh, many of the Jewish people have left their faith and even many of them have become atheistic and very unbelieving. So the nation is there as a nation that is a heap of dry bones, but God says, I am going to give you life and I will even put my spirit within you. And later on in this chapter, God says, I'm going to cleanse you and I'm going to give you a new heart. It's a reference to the time when Jesus Christ comes, when the nation Israel shall look on him whom they have pierced, and they shall believe. A whole host of Israelites will believe on Jesus. And if you're wondering about the millennial kingdom, just know that I am dedicating a message in this series to the millennium and what happens there. So here's this prophecy of the restoration of Israel with a new spirit, a new understanding of God, and the fulfillment of the prophecies that go back even to the time of Abraham. Now it's in that context that we read in chapter 38 an amazing invasion of Israel. This has never happened historically In fact, the scripture says that it will happen in the latter times, in the latter days. So let's look at it very quickly. Chapter 38, the word of the Lord came to me. Now this is amazing because Ezekiel is writing 2,600 years ago. 
and he has intelligence because he's plugged into God. And he's going to say some things that are just amazing, and now there's some evidence that we are seeing the fulfillment of this prophecy. The word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, set your face toward Gog on the land of Magog, the chief princes of Mesha and Tubal, and prophesy against him and says, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Mesha and Tubal. I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws. I will bring you out, all of your army, horses and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host of them with buckler and shield, wielding swords. Persia, Cush, and Put are with them all, with shield and with helmet. Gomer and all of his hordes. Beftomara from the uttermost parts of the north with its hordes. Many peoples are with you. Well, it's time for us to stop here and take a breath. What is this all about? When it comes to interpreting this passage, you have to understand that he is using, he is using uh, names that are very ancient. And today we have different names for these geographical locations. You say, well, uh, how do you connect them? Well, there are scholars that have looked at these names, connected them with the Table of Nations and the Book of Genesis, And so far as we know, the interpretation that I am giving you is accurate. And the first country that we have to look at, if you were to look at a map, the first country that you would want to look at in this context is Russia. When it speaks about Gog, that really is to a ruler. It's talking to a ruler. And uh, when it speaks about Magog... If we identify that ruler as the Russian ruler, and I'll give you some evidence for that in a moment, Magog would refer to those uh, countries that are south of Russia, the countries that became part of the Soviet Union or were a part of the Soviet Union, the Muslim countries that are in that region. You say, well, Pastor Lutzer, why do you believe that this is Russia? Notice that three times God says, I'm going to bring you out from the far north. Verse 6, from the uttermost parts of the north. Verse 15, you will come from the uttermost parts of the north, you and many people with you. You'll notice that in chapter 39, same battle. Verse 2, the uttermost parts of the north. Now, if you were to look at Jerusalem and go straight north toward the North Pole, you would be drawing a line that goes right past Moscow. I don't think that there's any other country that fits that description. Furthermore, Russia has been the great seat of atheism. And Russia has had a great deal of impact. And Russia is going to want to take its borders now and expand them to recreate the Russian Empire. Maybe you're aware that Putin said on one occasion that the dismemberment of the Soviet Union was one of the greatest geopolitical disasters that has ever happened. There will be within Russia the desire to recreate a union, and this union is going to go against Israel. Now, you have to understand, and it's difficult to put all this together, but... Antichrist will have a European coalition of Western nations. And so you can see the world lining itself up. You have Antichrist, who has in his hip pocket the Western nations. You see Russia now, and it is going to align itself 
with Arab nations. You know, people always say, how close are we to the Lord's return? I don't know. Maybe it's still 50 years or 100 years. But if there are any signs, any, quote, signs, one would be Russia's affinity, its desire to connect with Arab nations. Well, my friend, this is Pastor Lutzer. All that we need to do is to look around the world and ask ourselves, are things coming together for the return of Christ? But I want to emphasize something, and that is even when I speak about Russia, my wife and I have been there. There are many fine, committed believers in Russia. So it's one thing for us to talk about nations. It's another thing for us to emphasize the individual believers and churches that are being faithful. For a gift of any amount, you can receive the book I've written entitled The King is Coming, Ten Events That Will Change Our Future Forever. We believe that living in the light of the return of Jesus Christ grants us both the strength and the grace to live well here because the suffering of this present world is not worthy to be compared with the glory that awaits us. That was Erwin Lutzer introducing The King Destroys Nations, another in a 10-part series of messages on The King is Coming. Next time, more on a great battle that prepares Israel for the events leading to the return of Jesus. The King is Coming is also a book by Erwin Lutzer, and we'll send it as a thank you for your gift of any amount to support Running to Win. Just call us at 1-800-215-5001. That's 1-800-215-5001. Online, go to OfferRTW.com or write to Running to Win, Moody Church, 1635 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60614. For Dr. Erwin Lutzer, this is Dave McAllister. Running to Win is a ministry of the Moody Church.